0: Hi listeners, I'm Kay, a musical theater nerd. And I'm Warren, I'm musically challenged. We host a weekly podcast called Tone Deaf, a theater nerd's guide for their musically challenged spouse, where I subject Warren to new musicals every week. It's really broadened my horizons and let me know that just about anything can be made into a musical. Yeah, like a musical starring trains or a musical about Spider-Man. Which I'm still recovering from. Or even a musical about a famous painting. Wait, like, about the artist or about the painting? Yes. I have concerns. Tune in every Wednesday to Tone Deaf.
1: Hello, everybody this is crime culture we're back after our week hiatus the blackout hiatus um so we're continuing along with our um pride month episodes um but we're going to talk about something that is still um kind of on topic with what's going on in the world and um if you haven't read the title we're talking about the stonewall uprising today and uh if you just know the name of like the stonewall riots or stonewall uprising whatever um and don't know what actually happened um you'll see some interesting parallels with uh, kind of the worlds we're living in today do you know much about the uh the events at stonewall Caitlin?
0: Hell yeah. yeah. Not just because I have grown up with out and proud friends and family members, but also my mom, I I'm going to fuck this story up. My mom and maybe my grandma, maybe not my grandma, were working at Bloomingdale's at the time and they had to board up Bloomingdale's and leave early because the like of, because of the protests because of the the uprising. And yeah. there was, like, looting and stuff that was going to happen. And they and the manager was like, I don't know if they're going to hit Lomendales, but we're not about to find out. And they didn't. At least I don't oh, think well, they yeah. did. I feel I like my so. mother would have said something because, yeah. But I know about it. I have heard about it. I support it. If I was alive then, yeah. probably would have participated. Yeah. Oh yeah
1: um but before we get into the events at stonewall and everything that happened there um it's not the everyone credits it as being the first um gay rights like um attempt at liberation it really wasn't the first documented u.s gay rights organization is the society for human rights the shr and it was founded in 1924 by Henry Gerber, and he was a German immigrant. Um, police raids forced them to disband in 1925, so they were only around for like a year. But in that time, they had published several issues of their newsletter, Friendship and Freedom, and it was the country's first gay interest newsletter. Nice. America's first. Yeah, right? I didn't know that. Yeah. And, uh, they, they published a, like a few issues within the year, so they were like on top
0: of their shit. Oh, we stand.
1: Yeah. America's first lesbian rights organization was the Daughters of bellitus and it was formed in San Francisco on September twenty first, nineteen fifty-five. In nineteen sixty-six, which is three years before Stonewall, members of uh the Machine 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 Society. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing it wrong. I kept listening to places and everyone pronounced it different ways. It's M A T T A C H I N E. Um, machine society i think is what i'm going with um it was an organization that was dedicated to gay rights and i'll talk more about it later because it has um it has uh something to do with stonewall i'm at a loss for words now (laughs) um uh so in 1966 they staged something called a sip-in where they declared their sexuality at taverns and they dared staff to turn them away and they sued establishments who did and when the commission on human rights ruled that gay individuals had the right to be served in bars police raids were temporarily reduced but we'll get into um how they came back once we talk about what happened at stonewall but I don't a think- little bit about the stonewall itself um the stonewall inn is located at 51 and 53 christopher street in greenwich village in new york city it along with several other establishments in the city were owned by uh the Gen- Genovese crime family mm-hmm. and um I did not know this but um lots of uh, almost all of the gay bars in the city were controlled by organized crime families at the time which I didn't know until doing all the research for this but then like as I'm trying to find out more information like it does gonna make sense um <laughs> but uh what I thought another thing that was interesting is none of the bars at the time frequented by gay men and lesbians were owned by gay people. They were just all these crime families and they treated the regulars poorly. They watered down all of the liquor. They overcharged for drinks, but they paid the police off to prevent frequent raids. So the people kind of just dealt with it because they were like, okay, we want a place to go and, uh, hang out and see all of our our friends and just be ourselves but we don't want to get raided all the time. So that's what they did. Um, In 1966, three members of the mafia invested $3,500 to turn the Stonewall Inn into a gay bar. It had been a restaurant and a nightclub uh, for the LGBT community beforehand. Once a week, a police officer would collect envelopes of cash as a payoff because Stonewall had no liquor license. So the police was kind of in the mafia's pocket at this time. It was like, we'll pay you to forget that we don't have a liquor license here. And um, you
0: know what? That's amazing that that has not continued on today.
1: I mean, I'm sure there's worse <laughs> shit going on.
0: <laughs> oh, no, that was full sarcasm. That was full oh, yeah. on sarcasm. Oh, yes. I, my brother went to school with a kid whose dad was in the Italian or is in the Italian mafia and owned a lot of strip clubs. a lot of other things yeah a lot of illicit businesses (laughs)
1: um but everyone kind of uh well after talking about all these events people kind of revered the stonewall as like a beloved institution amongst people and people loved it but it was a shithole like like i was listening to a lot of interviews with people who were who were there and who went to the stonewall all the time and they were like this place fucking sucked um it had no running water behind the bar, and used glasses were run through tubs of water and then immediately reused. It was fucking disgusting. Uh, there no. were no fire exits, and the toilets would overrun constantly. Oh, um, yeah.
0: So pee before disgusting. you come. Bring your own drinks if you can. <laughs> well, people and would just hang uh, out.
1: People would order like beer in, um, in like a Bottles. bottle because that makes sense you didn't want anything that needed to be put in a glass yep yeah (laughs) um though the bar was not used for uh prostitution it was known that drug sales and other quote-unquote cash transactions took place there um oh but yeah it was the only bar for gay men in new york city where dancing was allowed and dancing was its main draw after reopening as a gay club because apparently dancing with someone of the same sex was illegal at the time
0: what is this fucking footloose yes pretty much
1: um oh, I don't, that's stupid yeah so they kind of streamlined their way of like um getting people in and not caught for. Sti- i mean obviously there was police raids so like some people were going to get arrested and everything but uh, if you wanted to visit the Stonewall in 1969, you were greeted by a bouncer who inspected you through a peephole in the door. And at the time, the legal drinking age was 18. And to avoid unwittingly letting in uh, undercover police, who they refer to as the Lily Law, Alice Blue Gown, or Betty Badge, which
0: I love those <laughs> nicknames. Those are great. Can we bring those back?
1: Yeah. Can we uh, please
0: bring them back?
1: So you had to know the doorman or something that could be problematic you had to quote unquote look gay to be allowed in if you didn't know the doorman um i don't know how you determine that but okay um the entrance fee on the weekends was three dollars and that would get you two tickets that would be exchanged for two drinks and because they didn't have a liquor license you were required to sign your name in a book to prove that the bar was like a private bottle club you you were supposedly oh. supposed to bring your own liquor yeah um but people rarely signed their real names people just made shit up and signed it in the book or like, scribble something whatever Duh. um and there were two dance floors at the stone wall the interior was painted black making it very dark inside and it had pulsing gel lights and black lights if the police were spotted regular white lights were turned on signaling that everyone should stop dancing or being near each other or touching, whatever. Um, And in the rear of the bar, there was a smaller um, room that was frequented by um, the drag queens that would go into the club. It was one of only two bars where effeminate men who wore makeup and teased their hair, uh, though dressed in men's clothing, um, that they could go. Like Lots of these gay bars wouldn't even allow uh, people in drag into the bars. And there were only a few trans people or men in full drag that were allowed in by the bouncers because in a raid it was kind of a liability i guess because um i'll get it i'll get to it in a second so the customers were 98 percent male um, but there were a few lesbians that would sometimes come into the bar and younger homeless adolescent males who slept in the nearby christopher park would often try to get in so that customers would buy them drinks um, the age of the clientele ranged between the upper teens and early thirties and the racial mix was evenly distributed amongst uh, black people, white people, and Hispanic people. Um, because of its even mix and its location and the attraction of dancing, the Stonewall Inn was known by many as just the gay bar in New York City. Like, it was the one that people talked about because it had everything that you could want in a night. Um, okay, But Stefan. like I said... Um, police raids on gay bars were frequent, occurring on average once a month for each bar. Many bars kept extra liquor in a secret panel behind the bar or in a car down the block to facilitate resuming business as quickly as possible if the alcohol was seized from the bar. Because, like I said, they didn't have a liquor license, so if the raids came through, then they would take their alcohol away and maybe arrest this is why, people.
0: Maybe this is why they don't teach kids about the Stonewall protests in school because that's fucking clever
1: yeah (laughs) that's like like, (laughs) they were like okay once this is over we're gonna start up again um so the bar management usually knew about the raids beforehand uh due to police tip-offs and the raids occurred early enough in the evening that business could continue after the police had finished during a typical raid the lights were turned on and the customers were lined up and their identification cards were checked Those without identification or those who were dressed in full drag were arrested. Others were allowed to leave. Some of the men, including those in drag, used their draft cards as identification. Um, Women were required to wear three pieces of feminine clothing and would be arrested if they were found not wearing them. Um, What? Employees and management of the bars were also typically arrested. The period immediately before June 28, 1969 was marked by frequent raids of local bars, including a raid on the Stonewall Inn on the Tuesday before the riots actually started and the closing of other gay bars in the area, the Checkerboard, the Telestar, and two other clubs in Greenwich Village. So it was a time where like, it was getting more and more frequent and like, it wasn't just the raids were happening. like, Bars that people went to were just closing and uh, there was a lot of unrest at this time
0: right well because they've got a safe place no matter how shitty it is it's still considered a safe place yeah and when you lose more and more and more and more of those i mean obviously that's going to cause people are going to get upset like i mean what what do you want yeah um so
1: i tried to cross-reference a lot of this information The information about the exact events of what happened at Stonewall, especially on the first night, are still pretty unclear. Um, It's kind of turned into a game of telephone over the years, like I'll get to, and um, I'll also get to... There's almost no pictures of the first night. I think there's one photo that I'll talk about. Um, And so there's nothing really to like prove or disprove some of these stories. And it was half a century ago. So um, people who were there um remember it was a bar so some people were drunk and some people um uh, because it was a riot different people were in different places at different times and may have heard something from uh, from one area or seen something in another area or like there was a lot going on so if you've ever been in like a, a big event or a big fight or something like there's so many things that are happening that it's impossible to fully comprehend everything that's going on so when you talk about it afterwards it's like this happened this happened this happened so it just starts to spiral out of control but this is the basic accepted story of the events that happened if anyone knows anything different um like i said i tried to cross cross cross-reference with very lots of like really reliable um sites so if anyone has any more information i'll be happy to take it and post it on the website um besides that so at 1 20 a.m on saturday june 28th 1969 four plainclothes policemen in dark suits two patrol officers in uniform and detective charles smythe and deputy inspector seymour pine arrived at the stonewall inn and announced quote police we're taking the place end quote oh uh, okay historian, yeah well this it was just like a typical raid um Historian David Carter, who I'll talk about his book later, presents information indicating that the mafia owners of the Stonewall and the manager were blackmailing wealthier customers, particularly those who worked in the financial district, and they appeared to be making more money from extortion than they were from liquor sales at the bar. Um, So Carter deduces that when the police were unable to receive kickbacks from the blackmail and um, the theft of negotiable bonds facilitated by pressuring gay Wall Street customers... They decided to close the stone wall impermanently, Um, so this was an unscheduled raid. Some say um, they came in on that day because the mafia just didn't pay them off, so obviously they were just gonna go in to spite everybody, but that's a whole other thing. So two undercover police women and two undercover police men had entered the bar earlier in the evening to gather visual evidence as the public morals squad waited outside for a signal once inside, they called for backup from the sixth precinct using the bar's payphone. The music was turned off and the main lights were turned on. Approximately 205 people were in the bar at the night on that night. And like I said, it was not a huge space. It was pretty small and very like drab and not a lot of windows, so 205 people in there is a lot. Yeah. Um there were patrons who had never experienced a police raid and they were really confused. And a few who realized what was happening began to run for the doors and the windows of the bathroom, but police barred the doors. Uh, Michael Fader remembered, quote, things happened so fast you kind of got caught not knowing. All of a sudden there were police there and we were told to get in lines and to have our identification ready and to be let out the bar, end quote. So this is like I said, like people remember some of the basic events that happened, but uh, when they start when they start to reference like, who was there? Who said what at what time? Like all these different things. Like some stuff, it kind of gets lost. Um, but the raid did not go as planned. Standard procedure was to line the patrons up, check their identification, and have female police officers take customers dressed as women into the bathroom to verify their sex. Upon I which, like any that.
0: Uh, anybody that was dressed as a woman. Yeah, but that ta- that means that they were still to some degree i'm taking that as they didn't just assume that they were male
1: still to take someone into a bathroom have them oh yeah still gross pull but down i like their pants and like yeah. still
0: gross but i like that they didn't take for example transgender women into the bathroom with men to be verified i guess it's it's um, dehumanizing either way but it would be more dehumanizing in my opinion yeah if they assume like the, the other if way if they not even if they assumed the other way, like i mean if if they just decided, oh that's that's a man, yeah, like it's still, just, it's still gross no up. matter what, yes, no matter yeah. none of this should be all of it is gross, none yeah. of it should be happening, <laughs> so but. uh yeah, they were t-
1: taken into the bathroom to verify their sex and any person that was appearing to be physically male and dressed as a woman would be arrested. Those dressed as women that night refused to go with the officers. Men in line began to refuse to produce their identification. The police decided to take everyone present to the police station. They're like, okay, no one's listening. You're all coming now.
0: I Um, rescind my comments.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So after separating those who were cross-dressing in a room in the back of the bar, Maria Ritter, um, then known as male to her family, recalled, quote, I love this quote, by the way. Uh, She said, quote, my biggest fear was that I would get arrested. My second biggest fear was that my picture would be in the newspaper or on television in my mother's dress, end quote. (laughs) Um, My mom's going to kill me when she sees that I borrowed this again. (laughs) Um, So both patrons and police recalled that there was a sense of discomfort that spread very quickly spurred by the police who began to assault some of the lesbians and feeling them up inappropriately while frisking them yeah Uh, that was what people had said was going on um the police were supposed to transport the bar's alcohol into patrol wagons there were 28 cases of beer and 19 bottles of hard liquor that were seized but the patrol wagons hadn't arrived yet so patrons were required to wait in a line for about 15 minutes Those who were not arrested were released from the front door, but they did not leave as quickly as usual. Instead, they stopped outside and a crowd began to grow and watch. Within minutes, between 100 and 150 people had congregated outside, some after they were released from inside the stone wall and some after noticing the police cars in the crowd. So, uh, like, people are seeing what's going on. Like, a crowd is growing and they're like, okay, what's going on here? So more and more people are being added to this crowd. Right. Um... Although the police for- forcefully pushed or kicked some patrons out of the bar, some customers released by the police performed for the crowd by posing and saluting the police officers in exaggerated fashion. So now they're starting to like piss people Camp off. Camp it up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I so, love it. Um, and they the, don't
1: like that. No. The crowd's applause encouraged them further with someone saying, quote, wrists were limp, hair was primped, and reactions to the applause were classic, end quote.
0: Love that.
1: Yeah. Um, when the first patrol wagon arrived, Inspector Pine recalled that the crowd, most of whom were LGBT plus, um, they had grown to at least 10 times the number of people who were arrested and they all became really quiet when the police, uh, wagons came. Confusion over the radio communication delay, uh, it delayed the, s- the arrival of the second wagon. The police began escorting mafia members into the first wagon to the cheers of the bystanders next regular employees were loaded into the wagon um a bystander shouted quote gay power and then someone began singing we shall overcome and the crowd reacted with amusement and general good humor mixed with quote a growing and intensive hostility End quote. Mm. yeah so can't say I blame it's, a, it's all starting kind of fun but like a crowd's growing people are getting arrested people are getting taken away
0: um well it, it it's like when someone is pissing you off and you're like <laughs> don't do that don't yeah. do that and eventually get you decked yeah, you're, tr- you're trying to be light
1: um yep. an officer shoved a trans woman who responded by hitting him hitting him over the head with her purse as the crowd began to boo author edmund white who had been passing by recalled quote everyone's restless angry and high-spirited no one has a slogan no one even has an attitude but something's brewing end quote. Also before I get to some quotes there are some quotes that use some language that's not generally accepted now in reference to uh, LGBTQ uh, individuals but I will only say it if it's in a quote because it's a direct quote from somebody. Okay. Um, So pennies were thrown then beer bottles um at the wagon as a rumor spread through the crowd that patrons were still inside the bar and were being beaten so this is where you start to get the game of telephone going on is that a rumor is starting that people inside the bar are getting beat which could have been true but it's starting to get spread through the crowd. So now the crowd's getting even angrier um a scuffle broke out when a woman in handcuffs was escorted from the door uh, of the bar to the waiting police wagon. Um, she escaped repeatedly and fought with four of the police officers, swearing and shouting for about 10 minutes. Um, she was described as, quote, a typical New York butch, uh, a Stone butch. I don't know. <laughs> it, that was a subsection. Um, she had been hit on the head with, uh, by an officer with a baton uh, for as one witness claimed uh, complaining that her handcuffs were too tight. Bystanders recalled that the woman whose identity remains unknown, um, some say it was uh, Stormy De Laverie, um, and She herself said it could have been her, um, but that's unsubstantiated from multiple accounts. Um, so, but some say that this woman sparked the crowd to fight when she looked at the bystanders and shouted, quote, why don't you guys do something? End quote. After an officer picked her up and heaved her into the back of the wagon, the crowd became a mob and went, quote, berserk. Um, Somebody was quoted as saying, um, it was at that moment that the scene became explosive. Um, And this is when the riots kick off. So the police tried to restrain some of the crowd and they knocked a few people down and that incited even more um, anger from the bystanders. Some of those handcuffed in the wagon escaped when police left them unattended, some say some witnesses say deliberately. Um, as the crowd tried to overturn the police wagon, two police cars and the wagon with a few slash tires left immediately, um, with Inspector Pine urging them to return as soon as possible. The commotion attracted more people who learned of what was happening. Someone in the crowd declared that the bar had been raided because, quote, they didn't pay off the cops, end quote. To which somebody else yelled, quote, let's pay them off, end quote. Love it. Coins sailed through the air towards the police as the crowd shouted, pigs, end quote, faggot cops, end quote. Uh, beer cans were thrown and the police lashed out, dispersing some of the crowd who allegedly found a construction site nearby with a stack of bricks. This is disputed amongst lots of historians and people who were there. Some people say that they were just the, you know, the stones that lined the tree planters in the sidewalk? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Some say those were what was thrown and others say it was just rocks. But one of the big stories was that there was a construction site with a stack of bricks next to it. Um, The police outnumbered, the police were outnumbered between 500 and 600 people. So they grabbed a few people, including folk singer and mentor of Bob Dylan, Dave Van Ronk. Um, he huh. had been attracted, yeah, right. Uh, he had been attracted to the revolt from a bar that was two doors down from the Stonewall. And although he wasn't gay, he said he had experienced police violence when he participated in anti-war demonstrations. And he said, quote, as far as I was concerned, anybody who'd stand against the cops was all right with me and that's why I stayed in. Every time you turn around and the cops were pulling some outrage or another, end quote. Wow. Van Ronck was one of 13 arrested that night. 10 police officers, including two police women, barricaded themselves, Van Ronck, Howard Smith, a column writer for the Village Voice, and several handcuffed detainees inside the stone wall for their own safety. Because, I mean, there were five to six hundred people outside who were starting to throw stuff and riot so they were like okay let's get ourselves out of the situation as quickly as possible Um, multiple accounts of the riot say that there was no pre-existing organization or apparent cause for the demonstration what happened was completely spontaneous michael fader explained quote we all had this collective feeling like we'd had enough of this kind of shit It wasn't anything tangible anybody said to anybody else it was just kind of like everything over the years had come to a head on that one particular night in that one particular place it was not an organized demonstration everyone in the crowd felt that we were never going back it was like the last straw it was the time to reclaim something that had always been taken from us all kinds of people all different reasons but mostly it was total outrage anger sorrow everything combined and everything just kind of ran its course it was the police who were doing most of the destruction. We were really trying to get back and break free. And we felt that we had freedom at last, or freedom to know, at, or freedom to at least show that we demanded freedom. We weren't going to be walking meekly in the night and letting them shove us around. It's like standing your ground for the first time and in a really strong way. And that's what caught the police by surprise. There was something in the air freedom a long time overdue. And we were going to fight for it it took different forms but the bottom line was we weren't going to go away and we didn't end quote um the only known photograph like i said taken during the first night of the riots shows the homeless youth who slept near christopher street park uh scuffling with the police uh the machine machine society newsletter a month later offered the explanation of why the riots occurred saying quote it catered largely to a group of people who are not welcome in or cannot afford other places of homosexual social gathering the stonewall became home to these kids when it was raided they fought for it that and the fact that they had nothing else to lose uh, other than the most tolerant and broad-minded gay place in the town explains why end quote garbage cans garbage bottles rocks bricks were all hurled at the bi- building, uh, breaking all of the windows. Witnesses attest that, quote, flame queens, hustlers, gay street kids, um, end quote, um, who were the most outcast in the gay community were responsible for the first volley of projectiles, as well as the uprooting of a parking meter used as a battering ram on the doors of the stone wall. Allegedly, Sylvia Rivera, uh, a self-identified street queen, remembered, quote, you've been treating us like shit all these years uh uh-uh. uh. now it's your turn it was one of the greatest moments of my life end quote but we'll get to why she maybe didn't say that um oh, yeah i was all for it i was like say it louder i i, I love the sentiment but we'll get yes. to that in a second so the mob lit um garbage on fire and stuffed it through the broken windows as the police grabbed a fire hose because it had no water pressure, the hose was ineffective in dispersing the crowd and seemed only to encourage them. The Tactical Patrol Force, or TPF, of the New York City Police Department arrived to free the police trapped inside the Stonewall. One officer's eye was cut and a few others were bruised from being struck by flying debris. Bob Kohler, who was walking his dog by the Stonewall that night, saw the TPF arrive and said, quote, I had... I had been in enough riots to know the fun was over. The cops were totally humiliated. This never, ever happened. They were angrier than I guess they had ever been because everybody else had rioted, but the fairies were not supposed to riot. No group had ever forced the cops to retreat before. So the anger was just enormous. I mean, they wanted to kill." End quote. With larger numbers, police detained anyone who they could and put them in the patrol wagons to go to jail. Though Inspector Pine recalled, quote, fights erupted with the transvestites who wouldn't go into the patrol wagon, end quote. His recollection was corroborated by other witnesses, um, one who was across the street saying, quote, all I could see about who was fighting was that the transvestites and they were fighting furiously, end quote. The The TPF formed a phalanx and attempted to clear the streets by marching slowly and pushing the crowd back, the mob openly mocked uh, mocked the police. And this is like one of the um, when you think of the Stonewall riots and what happened, this is like one of the, the big images that people talk about. So the, the police is in a straight line with all their shields up and they're trying to push the crowd back. Um, but the crowd cheered, starting an impromptu kick lines and sang to the tune of "Tara, ra, boom, da." da 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 da. So they sang, oh, yes. "We are the Stonewall Girls. We wear our hair in curls. We don't wear underwear. We show our pubic hair,"
0: <laughs> which is just I love it. great. And on the spot, too. Yes, oh, yes, fucking we love brilliant. it. Brilliant. I love um, it. So oh, we love ourselves a good chant. I love a chant, and they did a. Just the 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 visual
1: of of these people doing a kick line in front of all these cops with all the shields. Just,
0: hmm, yes, Rock we love it. Who?
1: Yes. So Lucy and Truscott reported in the Village Voice, quote, a stagnant situation there, brought on some gay tomfoolery in the form of a chorus line facing the line of helmeted and club carrying cops. Just as the line got into a full kick routine, the TPF advanced again and cleared the crowd of screaming uh, gay power rights down Christopher to 7th Ave, end quote. One participant who had been in the Stonewall during the raid recalled, quote, the police rushed us, and that's when I realized this is not a good thing to do because they got me in the back with the nightstick, end quote. Oof. Another account stated, quote, I just can't ever get that one out of my sight. The cops with their nightsticks and the kick line on the other side. It was the most amazing thing. And all of a sudden that kick line, which I guess was a spoof off of the machismo, I think that's when i felt rage because people were getting smashed with bats and for what a kick line end quote yeah which yeah that's pretty i mean people were throwing things beforehand and any group of people in a mob formation i guess is dangerous but like you're beating people for this right um so craig rodwell who was the owner of the oscar wilde memorial bookshop Um, reported watching police chase participants through the crooked streets only to see them appear around the next corner behind the police members of the mob stopped cars um overturning one of them to block christopher street jack nichols and uh lige clark in their column printed um in screw declared that quote massive crowds of angry protesters chased the police for blocks screaming catch them end quote By 4 a.m., so this all started at 1.20, this is 4 a.m. now, Mm -hmm. the streets have been nearly cleared. Many people sat on stoops or gathered in nearby Christopher Park throughout the morning, dazed in disbelief at what had just happened. Many witnesses remember the surreal and eerie quiet that descended on Christopher Street, though there continued to be a, quote, electricity in the air, end quote. One person commented, quote, there was a certain beauty in the aftermath of the riot. It was obvious, at least to me, that a lot of people were really gay and, you know, this was our street, end quote. Thirteen people had been arrested. Some in the crowd were hospitalized and four police officers were injured. Almost everything in the Stonewall Inn was broken. Inspector Pine had intended to close and dismantle the Stonewall Inn that night. Payphones, toilets, mirrors, jukeboxes, the cigarette machines, they were all smashed um, possibly by the riot, but also possibly by the police. No one really knows. There was a lot going on, so I don't think anyone was really taking stock of all that. <laughs> um, so, during the siege at Stonewall, Craig Rodwell, like I said, who was um, the owner of the bookstore, he called the New York Times, the New York Post, and the Daily News to tell them what was happening. All three papers covered the riots. The Daily News placed coverage on the front page, News of the riot spread quickly throughout Greenwich Village, fueled by rumors that had been organized by the Students for a Democratic Society, the Black Panthers, or triggered by, quote, a homosexual police officer whose roommate went dancing at the Stonewall against the officer's wishes, end quote. So, yeah, this is what I'm talking about this game of telephone. Like, there's all these stories going around. And after 50 plus years, it's hard to know what is actually true. I'm going to say none right. of those things were true. Um, because people who were there said it it just happened organically it wasn't planned like this was not something that was ever going to happen um so all day saturday june 28th people came to stare at the burned and blackened stone wall remember because people lit garbage on fire and shoved it through the windows so the place and that's typically what great shape yeah um graffiti appeared on the walls of the bar to clamp declaring drag power they invaded our rights support gay power and legalize gay bars um Mm. there's also accusations of police looting and um regarding the status of the bar there was a big sign that says we are open (coughs) (laughs) um
0: i love it great it can't be worse than it was right no no it's probably an improvement (laughs) yeah Um, They've got water this time. It's from the hoses. Yeah, it's probably more light now, too. Yeah. Um, So the
1: next night, rioting again surrounded Christopher Street. Participants remembered differently which night was more frantic or violent. Many of the same people returned from the previous evenings, hustlers, street youths, and queens. um, But they were joined by police provocators, um, also curious bystanders, and even tourists, because people had... It was in all of the... The newspapers so people are like hey what happened the night before let's see what's going on tonight at the stonewall um, um remarkable to many uh, was the sudden exhibition of gay affection in public people had not really seen that before it was kind of relegated to these dark bars it was like you hide in these specific mafia owned gay bars and when you come out you uh, assume straightness um mm-hmm to kind of protect yourself but after the first night of rioting it was kind of like the we're here we're queer deal with it mentality yep um one witness described quote from going to the places where you had to knock on the door and speak to someone through a peephole in order to get to get in we were just out we were in the streets end quote thousands of people had gathered in front of stonewall which had opened again choking christopher street until the police spilled into adjoining blocks the throng surrounded buses and cars harassing the occupants unless they either admitted they were gay or indicated their support for the demonstrators. Sylvia Rivera saw a friend of hers jump on a nearby car trying to dri- trying to drive through. The crowd rocked the car back and forth, terrifying its occupants. Another of Rivera's friends, Marsha P. Johnson, an African-American uh, drag queen, climbed on My a girl. lamppost. Yeah, we'll get. I I have a whole little section about her, so Love I'll talk her. about her more. Um she climbed on a lamppost and dropped a heavy bag onto the hood of the police car and shattered its windshield. As on the previous evening, fires were started in garbage cans throughout the neighborhood. More than 100 people were present from the 4th, 5th, 6th, and 9th precincts. But after 2 a.m., the TPF arrived again. Kick lines and police chases waxed and waned. When police captured demonstrator, uh, the majority of witnesses described as, quote, sissies or shwish. Swishies, end quote. So, uh, the crowd creative. surged. Yeah, right. I, I don't get these names. Um, the crowd surged to recapture them. Police battling ensued again until 4 a.m. Beat poet and longtime Greenwich Village resident Allen Ginsberg lived on Christopher Street and happened upon all of the chaos, which uh, in the article that I was uh, reading said it was, quote, jubilant chaos, which. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Um, after he learned of the riot that had occurred the previous evening, he stated, "Quote, gay power isn't that great. It's about time we did something to assert ourselves." End quote. Um, he visited uh, the Stonewall for the first time. Um, while walking home, he declared to Lucy and Truscott, "Quote, you know the gays uh, there were so beautiful. They lost that wounded look the fags had all uh, ten years ago." End quote. Um. So activity in Greenwich Village was sporadic on that Monday and Tuesday, partially because it was raining. No one wants to ride in the rain, I guess.
0: No, it's um, not comfy. Your makeup runs. No. Um, they wear their hair in curls, Haley. You exactly. know what doesn't work in curls? Rain. It's gonna, yeah. It's going to deflate them. Either it deflates or it poofs up. Either way, That's it's true. not pretty.
1: Um, police and village residents had a few altercations during this time. Um, because both groups were kind of antagonizing each other. Craig Rodwell and his partner, uh, Fred Sargent, took the opportunity um, that morning um, after the first riot to print and distribute 5,000 leaflets, one of them reading, quote, get the mafia and the cops out of gay bars, end quote. The leaflets called for gay people to own their own establishments, for a boycott of the Stonewall and other mafia-owned bars, and for public pressure on the mayor's office to investigate the intolerable situation that was going on. Yeah. Not everyone though, in the gay community considered this revolt to be a positive development. Many older LGBT uh, QIA+ plus people and many members of the Machine Society said that they had worked throughout the 1960s to promote homosexuals as no different from heterosexuals. and they felt the display of violence and effeminate behavior was embarrassing randy wicker who had marched on the first gay picket lines before the white house in 1965 said quote the screaming queens forming chorus lines and kicking went against everything i wanted people to think about homosexuals that we were a bunch of drag queens in the village acting disorderly tacky and cheap end quote others found the closing of the stonewall inn termed a sleaze joint as advantageous to the village so uh, the stonewall like i said was shitty Um, but it was still like no matter how shitty it was it was still home to some people I was gonna say um, it
0: was a shithole but it was their shithole
1: yeah and I don't knock these people for saying like they want to portray gay people as being just like everyone else because if you do identify as LGBTQIA plus like you are just like everyone else but you can be a drag queen or you can be effeminate like right you can't just pinhole all these people into one way i mean i i understand it from both sides is i guess is what i'm saying is that like you want to um appeal to the masses by saying hey we're no different than everyone else we just want to have our families we want to go to our jobs we want to drink at a bar like we want to be treated like everyone else and then, I guess, um, people who have been fighting for much longer in different kinds of protests see this big um thing that's been put in all the papers, and they see it as like, "Ooh, you're kind of taking away from everything we've been working for." so
0: but I, I think guess I see
1: where it's yeah, this big display I, needed to happen to yes, bring it forward.
0: Like people it, they there were people out there in the world who were trying to make it apparent that they're they're here, they're queer and yeah. it wasn't really getting anywhere. They they were forced into bars with fucking shitty plumbing and no light and no like running water and I mean I don't think people get to say how other people... Like, they tried, is what I'm I'm trying to say.
1: And I guess you can say, like, because everyone attributes... Unless you have done a lot of research into um, queer history, lots of people think the Stonewall was, like, the first stand that people took. Right. Because it was the biggest event up until that point that really got people's attention and uh, it, it kick-started something. Um, so when I talk about um, people who were on the first gay picket lines at the White House in 1965, unless you're doing extensive research, you don't know about that. But when you hear Stonewall, even
0: Everybody if you're not is, yeah.
1: gay, you know what the Stonewall means. So yeah, something like this had to happen to kick-start everything that we have today
0: yeah i mean nobody's saying that it was necessarily the right thing to do that's an individual opinion but that's another thing it was so
1: spontaneous it happened in the moment that like it wasn't planned that they were going to trash this place and fight the police and do kick lines in front of the police. it it was so iconic because it happened so organically it was like I, i have all of these emotions i don't know what to do with it this is what happens
0: now right and i mean and you're gonna say that i i don't know i don't know i just don't think that it's i mean because clearly it made a difference
1: yeah but i mean in the moment on the the days following i guess you can say like we've been working so hard to like be peaceful and Mm -hmm. um present this um this uh, lifestyle that, like, we are just like everybody else, and now, like, you feel like you took two steps forward, 20 steps back in this. So, right, I mean, I, I can see where they're coming from, right? Um, but uh, anyway, on that Wednesday after the riots, um, the Village Voice ran reports of the riots written by Howard Smith and Lucian Truscott, and they included unflattering descriptions of the events and its participants with terms like, quote, forces of faggotry limp wrists and sunday fag follies
0: end quote again um, not even creative no like um, if you're gonna insult a, an entire um group like of people group of people yes thank you like at least be creative about it jesus like i mean it's not even good yeah So a mob descended
1: on Christopher Street once again and threatened to burn down the offices of the village voice, obviously because they're like, We're trying to we're trying to work on something here and this is not helping. No Um, Also in the mob of between five hundred and a thousand, uh there were groups that had unsuccessful confrontations with the police and were curious how the police were defeated in this situation. Another explosive street battle took place with injuries to demonstrators and police alike, looting in local shops and the arrest of five people. The incidents on Wednesday night lasted about an hour and were summarized by one witness, quote, the word is out, Christopher Street shall be liberated. The fags have had it with oppression, end quote. Well, um, so that's all of like the fighting, rioting stuff that happened. So mm-hmm. now I'm going to talk about um, two... Key figures, not just in the Stonewall, but everything that happened afterwards, and that's obviously Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera. Mm-hmm. Um, Johnson, who was originally a Jersey girl, I think she came, she was born in like Elizabeth, in no Jersey. Way! Yeah, we love, oh, we, we love, love a Jersey that. girl. Um, she initially used the moniker Black Marsha, but later decided on the drag queen name Marsha P. Johnson, getting Johnson from the restaurant Howard Johnson's on Forty Second Street love it uh, this is even better she said she said that the p stood for pay it no mind
0: um <laughs> oh, that's so much <laughs> better it. than heidi and closet
1: yes um johnson had been named along with Zazunova and jackie Harmona by a number of the stonewall veterans interviewed by david carter in his book like i said i'll get to that as mm-hmm. being quote three individuals known to have been in the vanguard um end quote of the pushback against the police at the uprising so she was like on the front lines of being yeah but johnson denied starting the uprising like there's this whole um when you talk about the theory of of stonewall everyone said marsha p johnson threw the first brick it was that's a known thing but um if anyone wants to get some uh information straight on what started the stonewall there is a fantastic article that I got some information from called. It's from the New York Times, and it's called "Who Threw the First Brick at Stonewall? Let's Fight About It." Um, it's a great article, and they basically break down um, the story, like the accepted story of Stonewall, and like what happened. So, like I said, it's in the ex- in one of the the fabled stories of Stonewall, they said that Marsha P. Johnson threw the first brick. But in 1987, Johnson recalled arriving at around 2 a.m. And again, the fighting started at uh, 1.20. She said that the riots had already started by that time and that the Stonewall was on fire. Um, Following the Stonewall uprising, Johnson joined the Gay Liberation Front. And after Johnson was getting praised for being involved at the events in Stonewall, Uh, Rivera, Sylvia Rivera claimed that she was also there at the time. Stonewall historian David Carter, however, questioned Rivera's claims um, to have ever been at the riots that night based on contradictory statements that she made as well as testimonies relayed to him by early gay rights activists, including Marsha P. Johnson, who denied that Rivera was present at the riots. So she says that she was there and then lots of people say she wasn't there i mean obviously there was a mob of over 600 people so like she could have been yeah you Um, can't see everybody i mean it also could have been like your friends getting attention for being this hero of this this riot and you want to say you were there too like i can't guarantee that somebody was there or somebody wasn't but um, right because we weren't uh, there (laughs) yeah this guy who wrote a book on it and interviewed tons of people and did all this research said he is pretty safe in assuming that she wasn't there. Um, okay. But that doesn't matter because both of them had huge impacts on the gay rights movement. Um, so shortly after staging a sit in protest at NYU in 1973, Johnson and Rivera co-founded the street transvestite action revolutionaries or star organization. Um, it was initially titled street transvestites, Actu- actual revolutionaries. Um the two of them became a visible presence at gay liberation marches and other uh radical political actions. So after everything that happened at Stonewall, they were just a constant face of the gay rights movement and deserve to be recognized for that. Uh I think we posted in our blackout Tuesday post that um the Marsha P. Johnson Foundation that's one Institute, Institute. Sorry. Yes. Um. Yeah. That's a that is a wonderful place that you can make donations during this time. Obviously, you can make donations anytime, but um, right, we're just highlighting that at the current uh political climate
0: because um, at least three black trans women have been killed that we know of. Who knows how many fucking more in the past yeah. like week? Yeah. And uh, that's that's from sunday who knows what monday brings well that's why
1: i think it's important to talk about what happened at stonewall right now and there are a lot of people who say that stonewall they don't want to say that stonewall was riots they want to say it's an uprising they want to say it's a revolution they want to say something else yes there was rioting behavior that happened there was looting there was um there was property damage that was inflicted um Obviously, I don't think it's the... I don't think writing is the way to solve all problems, but, I mean, when you're on your last straw and nobody yeah. is listening and, you, and you're and you getting... You need to get your voice heard. Um, this is not something that is new um, that no. is happening now. This has happened in the past. And kind of look where it's... Look what Going. it's done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, though the Stonewall Uprising didn't start the gay rights movement, it was a galvanizing force for the LGBT uh, political activism, leading to numerous gay rights organizations, including the Gay Liberation Front that I said, the Human Rights Camp Campaign, GLAD, um, the Gay Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation, and PFLAG, Parents, Families, and Friends of Lesbians and Gays. Um, on the one-year anniversary of the riots on June 28th, 1970, Thousands of people marched in the streets of Manhattan from the Stonewall Inn to Central Park in what was then called the Christopher Street Liberation Day. It was America's first gay pride parade.
0: Oh, and although that's some,
1: nice. Some people don't know this. Marches also took place on that same day in Los Angeles and Chicago. Um, the parade's official chant was, quote, say it, say it loud, gay is proud, end quote. Love that. <laughs> this is funny. The marches took less than half the scheduled time due to excitement, um, oh. because people were like so excited they were walking way too fast um oh i love that but um it could have also been due to wariness about walking through the streets with gay banners and signs and everything yeah although the parade had a permit it was delivered only two hours before the start of the march mm. um the marchers actually encountered little resistance from onlookers so um, that's good i guess once you're marching in the street with all your signs and banners and everything, people are going to stop and watch and listen. Yeah. The New York Times reported on the front page that the marchers took up the entire street for about 15 city blocks. The next year, gay pride marches took place in Boston, Dallas, Milwaukee, London, Paris, Berlin, and Stockholm, and has expanded to so many different places in all of the years um, after that. Um, in 2016, President Barack Obama, our last real president. Um, Happy Obama Day! S- <laughs> he designated the sites of the riots, the Stonewall Inn, Christopher Park, and the surrounding streets and sidewalks to be a national monument in recognition of the area's contribution to gay rights. You and hear that? It he has- didn't even
0: take away trans rights from the healthcare system.
1: No. Uh, if you walk by the Stonewall now, it has a plaque on it that says that it's a national monument and everything i wouldn't recommend walking by the Stonewall on the day of uh the pride parade in new york city no. because it's very crowded
0: i did especially that especially in the um, covid
1: no well i mean they're not having the pride parade this year but um last LA year when had i had theirs
0: to, did they really they had theirs today and instead oh, of it being a new york pride city pride parade. i don't think it's happening well they may do what la did because la didn't make it their pride parade they made it a black lives matter protest parade oh okay i
1: I haven't heard any news of that going on i think there was a protest in my town today um because there was lots of like barricades and things set up but i never heard what time it was happening and i haven't heard any
0: chants or anything from at least my window um If you, I I know we're getting off topic, but this can also be useful for anybody else who wants to participate in a protest, but doesn't know where to get the information. Look for Black Lives Matter organizations within your town or county or region. For example, if you live in the Inland Empire, Black Lives Matter, I.E. on Instagram is where you can go to get information about where the next protest is or mm-hmm. the next like they were just outside of a um courthouse in Palmdale, I think yesterday or today, because of a man who was wrongly jailed. Yeah. Um so yeah, so if you Google it will come.
1: Yeah, and I just want to say like I while I fully support going to the protests and it's a very worthy cause and everything, please wear your mask. Please try to social distance as most as as much as possible. If you are immunocompromised, please don't go. There are things you can do from your home. You can donate, you can do uh, so many other things. You can get the information out to other people, but if you you, are not in a health situation where you can be in a crowd, please don't. It's just not, it's not good i don't want to lose any good people no because you want to be very a very few of the protests.
0: yeah um if you don't have the money to donate also there is and we'll put this on our instagram story and we'll we'll highlight it um if you don't have the money you can google black lives matter donate playlist on youtube and just have it running in the background or whatever but every time you watch an ad the proceeds of that ad for for each video in the playlist for the ads or whatever, mm-hmm. goes towards Black Lives Matter charities.
1: Yeah, and I'm and sure there's other free things that you can do. And um, also, like I posted on my Instagram story recently, like don't run to um, Amazon for all your purchases. We don't need to give that bald white man any more money. Um, there are tons of um, black-owned small businesses that need your help for all. Th- like, amazing things. Like, you can check on Etsy, you can check mm-hmm. on, you just Google, uh, like, black-owned businesses in your area, and let's help those people out and not Amazon.
0: Yes. Well, I, beyond that, like, let's help our people out. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's no them or us, it's just us. And, yeah. yeah.
1: Um. So before I go, I do want to talk about a couple of the stonewall books movies documentaries and everything obviously stonewall is going to be mentioned in any um queer history book that you pick up yep um but these books are specifically about stonewall there is a, the book that i reference most stonewall the riots that sparked the gay revolution by david carter it has a 4.09 out of 5 on goodreads with like thousands upon of thousand reviews so it is like one of the definitive Um, accounts of stonewall there's also the stonewall reader which uh, i think was like a bunch of articles about stonewall that was compiled by the new york library that has a 4.42 out of 5 on goodreads Um, there's stonewall a building an uprising a revolution by rob sanders with a 4.18 out of 5 um stonewall the definitive story of the lgbtq rights uprising that changed america by martin duberman with a 3.95 out of 5. the stonewall riots coming out in the streets by gail Pittman 4.08 out of 5 on goodreads the stonewall riots a documentary history by mark stein 4.19 out of 5 on goodreads stonewall breaking out in the fight for gay rights by ann bozeman Bawesome Bowsom, B A U S U M. That has a 3.83 Balsam. out of 5 on Goodreads. And then there is The Stonewall Riots, the history and legacy of the protests that helped spark the modern gay rights movement, compiled by Charles River Editors, with a point 4.04 out of 5 on Goodreads. Um, there's a couple documentaries. There is After Stonewall, which was made in 1999, it has a Rotten Tomato score of 100%.
0: Love Uh, that.
1: Yeah. It's got an audience score of 77% and a 7.5 out of 10 on IMDb. There is Stonewall Uprising, which was made in 2010. Um, Mm -hmm. It has a Rotten Tomatoes score of 84%, audience score of 76 Google score of 96%, and IMDb is 7.2 out of 10. And there's another one called Before Stonewall in 1984, It has a Rotten Tomato score of 94%, Audience score of 78%, Google score of 93%, and 7.6 out of 10 on IMDb. Um, There's two movies, and (laughs) they're mm, problematic.
0: Oh, love that. We don't have enough problematic things in the world. So this movie, I watched last night to see
1: if it deserved... um, the hate that it kind of got. It's called Did Eddie Stonewall. Redmayne...
0: I know this movie. You know this so, movie? It was but from 2015? Yep, but I'm still gonna ask, did Eddie Redmayne play Marsha P. Johnson?
1: No, Eddie Redmayne... Eddie Redmayne played the
0: Danish was, girl. I know, it was a joke about the Danish girl because they didn't hire a trans oh, actress. Okay. They hired fucking Eddie Redmayne. No,
1: they didn't hire a trans I I thought that movie was pretty good. But, I mean, they should have yeah. hired a trans actress. But, like, I thought it was decent. This one uh, is called Stonewall. It was made in 2015. Can you guess its Rotten Tomato score? 34. Nine. <laughs> uh, it's a nine, oh,
0: it. a nine. I love percent. it.
1: nine percent.
0: I love but it. But here's
1: the weird thing. It's got an audience score of
0: 85%. Maybe it's, like, The Room. I don't know. That's probably got about Um, the 9 to 85 ratio.
1: Yeah. It's got a Google score of 73%, but then an IMDb score of 5.2 out of 10.
0: That seems more accurate.
1: Yeah, it's a little flip-floppy. But the critics' consensus of the movie is, quote, As an ordinary coming-of-age drama, Stonewall is merely dull and scattered, but as an attempt to depict a pivotal moment in American history, it's offensively bad. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maya Stanton from Entertainment Weekly said, quote, The Stonewall riots were a triumph for a marginalized community, but Emmerich failed to convey the significance of the event to any meaningful fashion. The subject matter deserves better, and so do we. End quote. Um, Mick LaSalle from the San Francisco Chronicle said, uh, Consider Stonewall a placeholder until a better movie arrives. (laughs)
0: um, i do like that one that's a good one yeah
1: so when the trailer premiered like about a month before the movie actually came out uh it was immediately met with severe backlash Mm -hmm. from an array of gay lesbian and bisexual and transgender voices Mm
0: -hmm. critics
1: said it misrepresented and whitewashed who was actually at the stonewall that night Uh and left out characters yeah um it left out characters based on real life Latina and black trans protesters like Marsha P Johnson, who is actually depicted in the movie. I don't feel like any meaningful way because she's only portrayed in it for like out of the whole two hour, I think it was like two hours and 10 minutes. I would say less than 10 minutes. She was in it. Mm -hmm. Um, but they left out, uh, miss major Griffin, Gracie and Sylvia Rivera. Um, the pushback led to multiple petitions calling for a boycott of the film the movie's director roland emrich who um and the screenwriter uh john robin bates who are both gay white men defended the movie in facebook posts um promoting the movie emmerich defended both his narrative decision and choice of lead saying that he would made the movie for as wide an audience as possible and that uh, quote-unquote, straight-acting Danny was an easy in for heterosexual viewers.
0: Um, I would say... That was painful to hear.
1: Um, th- I mean, basically, the story is a young gay kid is kicked out of his Midwestern home for being gay, pretty much, ends up on uh, Christopher Street and... befriends a bunch of people that go to the stone wall.
0: In the movie, he's the one that throws the first brick. Of course, it's a white man throwing the first brick because we've all seen that in history. Yeah.
1: I mean, like I said, everyone thinks it was Marsha P. Johnson. She said she wasn't there till 2 a.m. Nobody really knows who was the first person to throw something. Um, They even don't even, like, they don't even know what it was. Some people say it was a brick from a construction site there are people who were there that were like there's no fucking construction site show me where construction site was so um even though there's conflicting stories i'm pretty sure it wasn't a white boy from
0: indiana a straight passing white boy from indiana
1: yeah very straight passing um i tried to look at uh, our our joey king of um i know i i pretend she wasn't part of this She's only in it for about like 10 minutes. So is Marsha um, P. Johnson. Yeah, right. So I, I looked up a bunch of actors in this movie. And I mean, there's not a lot of information on someone's sexual orientation. But like, I couldn't find more than a small percentage of people who are actually LGBT. Right. Who were the actual actors. Uh, I, I think there might have been one trans person who
0: was cast. Yeah, and it wasn't the person playing role. Marsha P Johnson, that's for sure. I know. I know. It's rough. Mm-hmm. Um Mhm.
1: But yeah, so that movie's problematic. Then yeah. there's another movie called Stonewall that was made in 1995 that actually has kind of a similar story that like it's like a white gay midwestern kid comes to New York City and makes friends with a lot of um, like drag queens at Stonewall. Um That one was
0: less hated, but still not great. Also, it was the 90s, but I just want to know do yeah. do people like do filmmakers know that people other than white folks from the Midwest come to New York City?
1: I don't know, man. Um, that Stonewall movie has a Rotten tomato score of 63 percent with an audience score of 68 percent, so kind of similar. yeah. Google score of 94% and a 6.9 out of 10 on IMDb. Hmm. So, I mean, I wouldn't say go and run and watch those. I would say, watch the documentaries. They give you a lot more information and are a lot more accurate. The 2015 Stonewall movie that I just watched last night, it, it show, it films New York, which it wasn't filmed in New York. I think it was filmed in like Montreal or something. Um, but it, the sets of New York make it look like so pretty. (laughs) Like it, it reminds me of the sets for like rent. Like it's, it, they could have broken out in song at any point and
0: it would have felt like a good movie musical. You do not Um, get the vibe that you can smell hot garbage and human shit in a 90 degree, no 90 degree day in New York. No, um, that was rough,
1: but, I mean, if you want to find it for free somewhere, go ahead. But like, like I said, don't give them money. Those documentaries, the documentaries after Stonewall, Stonewall Uprising, and before Stonewall, those are um, a lot more accurate and um, better worth your time. Yes. Um, like I said, this is the most accepted version of events. So if you know any differing information, I tried to cross reference with a lot of different places, and um, this is the information I got. So if you have anything else, you can email us at um, crimeculturepod at gmail.com. You can go to our website, which is crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com. On there, you can find all of the links to our social media. We've got Facebook. We've got Twitter. We've got Instagram. You can message us on any of those, and we'll get back to you. Um, If you didn't see our post from Blackout Tuesday... Uh, if you donate to a Black Lives Matter organization, especially like we said, the Marsha P. Johnson uh, Institute, um, if you send us a screenshot of that, of your, like a receipt of your donation, we will send you a uh, handwritten crime culture postcard as a thank you for helping um, the movement that's going on. Hell um, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, If you are in an area that you cannot find any uh, resources for um, black owned restaurants or businesses or something, I will look them up for you. I will also look
0: them up for you.
1: Yep. Message us uh, and the area where you live and we will send you um, all the information that we can find.
0: I would say 90% of my free time right now has just been researching shit like that. So let me tell you i i've yeah i will find it for you haley can find it for you yep it's more than happy they're out there
1: yeah yeah um so donate send a screenshot you'll get a postcard um message us for anything and i think that's it so we'll see you on i think thursday I think we're releasing an episode on Thursday because um, we still want to get all of our Pride Month episodes out. Well, we were gonna
0: surprise them, but I guess the cat's out of the bag.
1: Well, if anyone listened past the like post the credits, pit. then yeah. they'll know. Some people, once the episode's over, they're like, "Okay, next episode." I'm out. Yep. Yeah. So if you've stayed a lo- if you stayed uh, this long, then you'll know Thursday there's a new episode coming out.
0: Surprise. Supplies. Okay. All right. So, sounds good.
1: Stay well, and we will see you on Thursday.
0: All power to all the people.
1: Oh, yeah. Mm, bye. Bye. bye.